Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this morning. Thank you for, again, an opportunity to come and and share your word. And Father God, I know as uh, we stand up here, it's by your grace and by your mercy, and I thank you for that. Thank you for all that you have done, that all you will continue to do. And so, Father, I just pray, yeah, as we just continue to talk on prayer, Father, that we would, that you would grab our hearts, that you would move us to being a, a people of prayer. So, Father, we just ask that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, again, good morning to everybody. Uh, it's great to have all of you with us. We're going to continue on this idea of prayer. And uh, Katie just did an amazing job of, of talking through private prayer. And now I'm going to talk and touch on corporate prayer. And kind of the, the big idea that, that I want to get across is when we devote ourselves to prioritized private and corporate prayer, God moves. And this week, uh, this song, I, I've been playing this song over and over and over again, and, it, and just the, the chorus goes, I don't want to go if you're not going before me. And just was reminded again through some of the uh, scriptures that we're reading in the 2020 challenge about Moses, right? And how Moses just said in the New Living Translation says, Moses said, if you don't go personally, obviously talking about God, if you don't go personally with me, we won't leave this place. This is my prayer for this morning, that we would realize how vital corporate prayer is for both individually and us as a church We see throughout the Bible a gathering of groups, thinking of there's so many that I could could go through, but just a few to touch on is when David brings the Ark of the Covenant in, Ezra speaks in front of the whole assembly, Jehoshaphat, there's a name, right? When an army's coming against him, he prays in front of the whole congregation of Israel. And then as we move through the New Testament, we see corporate prayer being integral to the start of the church. So my first point this morning is, corporate prayer brings heaven to earth. There are countless times we see this in the Bible. And again, I'm reminded back to the Old Testament, and I love this picture that we have. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, we see a bunch of times where Solomon is praying in front of the whole congregation of Israel, all of the people. And this story of when he dedicates the temple. And we kind of touched on pieces of it too in worship, but this fire flashes down from heaven and the presence fills the temple. So much so that they can't even go inside. Isn't that an amazing picture of God's presence coming down? I don't know about you, but I long for those days to see God's presence move so much that we can't even move, that we can't even go into a space because God has just brought his presence so powerfully. As we move into the New Testament in Acts 2, 2 to 4 talks about in Pentecost, where they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty, mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then tongues of fire appeared on them, and it rested on them, 
And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Again, that as we meet together, as we pray, as we focus on God and his glory, heaven comes down and meets us. Again, further down in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 to 47, it says, verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 43 says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The believers were together and had everything in common. When we come together and pray, God answers prayer. In that scripture that I read, it uses the word devoted. And that is being focused on that thing exclusively. Well, what is that thing that we need to focus on? It's God. It's God the Father. As we focus on him, as we just humble ourselves before him in prayer, God moves. Again, it wasn't the apostles themselves that were doing the miracles. It was God working through them, right? It's God that heals cancer. It's God that breaks addictions. It's God that releases depression. If we want to see heaven invade earth, prayer is at the center. Praying together is at the center. Think of all the amazing revivals that, we, that you have maybe read about or heard about. What is at the center? It was prayer. It was praying for God to move, for God to do what only God could do. Number two, corporate prayer brings unity. Going back to the book of Acts, Acts 1.14. And when they had entered, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James. Verse 4, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Again, in Acts chapter 12, verses 5 to 6, this amazing story of Peter when he was imprisoned, Right? And he's surrounded by all these guards. He's chained. And it says in, in verse 6, it says, the night before, um, sorry, let's back up to verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Isn't that again a beautiful picture of the church coming alongside in unity to pray for a brother in need? And if you go further in, this, in Scripture, 2 verse 6, what happens is, I love this, is... It says there, uh, it, it, Peter was struck on the side, right? It's like, I don't know if you picture this, but I picture like an angel kind of just like kicking him and be like, hey, wake up. And what ends up happening is the chains fall off and he is set free. But do you see what happened was the church was praying for him in unity. Unity results when we are in agreement and contending for the specific things in prayer. Going through things together draws us together. 
It seems like maybe a, a, a simple and maybe a ridiculous example, but I don't know what it was. I, I was thinking about hockey for some reason quite a bit, so you'll see a few of these analogies come up. But I was thinking back to when, when I played hockey uh, in college, and we definitely weren't the most talented team. We weren't the most athletic team. And to be honest with you, we didn't get along all that often. But you know what? When we hit the ice, we had a common goal, right? We wanted to be better. We wanted to win. We wanted to work for each other. When we went through difficult times and through hard practices, that drew us together to that goal. We spent a lot of time together in the locker room, on road trips. We spent time together, rubbing shoulders with one another, hearing about how classes were going, how, how things were going, and it resulted in eventually in success because of that closeness. As with corporate prayer, when we share each other's burdens, hear about the challenges and struggles people are going through. But we also hear people who are full of faith when maybe ours is wavering. In the presence of God, I know I've experienced this, when your walls come down and you share what, what God is just laying on your heart. Where I think this morning is a perfect example, right? And I just love that West, that unfiltered version of yourself. The snotty, the, the tears coming down your face, just the unfiltered you. And don't we need more of that? And in those moments, I know in my life, it's been so uplifting just to be reminded that there's people there beside you, that there's family there to help you, to pray for you, to keep you accountable, to, to lead you into what all that God has for you. So praying together is both an effect of the unity we share in Christ, and it is a cause for deeper and richer unity. And I know we mention this a lot, but just to close this one section off is Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Number three, corporate prayer enlarges our vision. At times, maybe we have limited sight or perspective. There are parts of Christ's we're able to see more clearly than others. I can think of several times in my life where people have explained grace, where they've shown me grace, that they truly understood it because they were saved out of so much. And it, again, just, it, it showed me the love of the Father in a new way when I heard just their story and how much God touched their lives. It impacted me. Maybe our experiences and our personalities emphasize some amazing things about God's glory, yet maybe sometimes we're blind to others. We need each other, right? Those blind spots that we all have. And I love that, that there's people here in this community too that, that can help us see different things in different perspectives. That's why we're a family. That's why he draws us together. 
And I love how Tim Keller, uh, in a book on prayer, sums uh, this point up and says, Tim Keller observes, by praying with friends, you will be able to hear and see facets of Jesus that you have not yet perceived. An amazing just perspective on that idea of our vision. And again, I just... I don't know if it's because the 2020 challenge or, or not, but I, keep, I kept going back to the Old Testament just to remind me of some of these amazing stories. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, we have the story of Elisha. And what ends up happening is he gets surrounded. This army surrounds the whole city. And a servant goes out in the morning to kind of do his daily tasks. And what he sees and witnesses is this huge army circling the city. And what he does in the natural is he runs back to Elisha and is like, dude, dude, like we're in serious trouble here. Like, what are we going to do? And what does Elisha do? He prays and he says, as he says, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And in verse 17, he continues, he said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. I love in corporate prayer how that happens when somebody just prays something that just releases something that, that sets our vision and our eyes past sometimes what I can see in the natural and Elisha, that story for me was just a perfect example of him just saying, no, wait a minute. Like we have to, to look past that. We have to ask God to show us what he sees. And isn't it so remarkable when God just allows us to see what he sees in those circumstances, to see beyond. And there's catalysts in prayer that that happens. I pray that, that we see that, see beyond Number four, corporate prayer allows for healing and confession. James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. I know in my life, I felt the power of that. I know that it's not an easy step, right? When, when you, you know that you just need to, to ask for forgiveness, where you just need to, to talk to somebody about something that, that God is just asking you to confess. But I know every time when I've done that, there's just something of, that has been released in my life. And I keep, I, I've mentioned this analogy a, a few times, I'm sure, but again, just reminded of that story, Pilgrim's Progress, when he has that giant backpack of just rocks. And as he comes before the cross, as he, the backpack is taken off. And that's just the picture that I had, right? When we come before brothers and sisters and, and we just admit those things, it's like that backpack is just released, right? That we can be agile again, because God has released that over us. That there's, there's significance in that confession as, it, as we just read. 
And another verse, again, that just rings true about this idea of healing and confession is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And again, it just reiterates back to the points that I've made before. That there's something unlocked in heaven when we just come before our brothers and sisters and just say, you know what? My shortcomings, I'm not perfect. Can you pray for me in this situation? Confession opens the channel for forgiveness and helps in fellowship. And I know I don't like to give a lot of lip service, but we know that. That the enemy, on the other hand, wants you and I to be cut off and to be isolated. Right? He wants us to stay in that. He wants the sin to stay hidden. But through corporate prayer, we can break the strongholds of the enemy over our lives. Whether it's here up at the front, coming forward. Whether it's in pre-service prayer. Maybe it's connect groups. A gathering of people for you to, again, that, that are comfortable, that, that will, will hold you accountable, that will be respectful in those times, that will show you grace when you need it. And then through that, we can build our confidence again to pray with fellow believers confidently of what God has done in our lives and will continue to do. And I'm sorry, like I said, I don't know why I had hockey on the brain. Going back to the glory days when, when I played <laughs> hockey, right? And when I first got to, um, when I first got to college, you know, I had these, you know, big ideas like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, be the starter and all these sort of things. Um, and well, that didn't happen. And the first few years, I would maybe get in, you know, you would sit for 20 minutes and then they'd throw you in for a shift here and there. Maybe you'd sit for a whole period and then they'd throw you in there. And I don't know about you, if you've ever experienced that, it would be like right now, you've been sitting for a little while and then I just said, okay, let's get up and let's just run, right? You know, everyone would be holding their hamstrings and it's all that sort of stuff, right? It just, it didn't work very well, did it? And then the coach would, you know, lambaste you of like, come on, like, why aren't you, you know, doing this, this, and this? And you're just like, I've been sitting for 20 minutes, like, in a cold arena. Like, what do you expect? And I obviously, the confidence that I came into the team with wasn't there for very long now, was it? I was not very confident. But what ended up happening is eventually I got more time. Eventually, I got into more situations. Eventually, I got more experience. I got more time on the ice. And you know what? My confidence was built. And why am I sharing this? Is again, this idea that when we confess, when we come before our brothers and sisters... There's a confidence that starts to build as we share because then you know what happens? God often does this is then he brings you to somebody else that's going through the same thing. And you can be like, you know what, God, the thing that the enemy was trying to use for bad, you're turning into good. 
And you can be reminded of what God has done in your life and you can share that with the other people. And that confidence bring, just builds up. And then you share it with one person and then another and then and another. And then you know what? That's broken over our lives. It's broken over other people's lives. And so if you're sitting here, I don't want this to, to sound, to, to feel that shame. Or maybe you've come here and you're like, man, there's things that I'm, I'm dealing with. I could never share. That's not my intent this morning. It's to challenge you, but also to just encourage you for God's love and grace is over you. That there's people that want to come alongside you. And that shame isn't from God right? That's the enemy again, like I said, who wants you to, to isolate you. But that's not of God. God wants to draw you in to his love, to draw you into people that, that you can connect with, that, that you can trust, that can come alongside you. Number five, passion in corporate prayer becomes contagious. Like I said, I was just, it kept going back to the Old Testament over and over again while I was preparing for this. And in Ezra chapter 10, Ezra prays, but this is an amazing thing. He, it says here in the, in the word, it says, he throws himself down in front of a great assembly of people. And do you know what happens? They do it as well. They're moved by Ezra's passion for that particular thing. It showed Ezra's heart, what he was passionate about. Showing his passion led others to follow. Starting with, what has God placed on your heart? What passions has he placed on your heart? What are the changes that you want to see in your life, in this church, in the community that you find yourself in? Pray from your heart. And then as, as we pray, God shows us his heart as well. What his passions are. I'm sure many of you can think of, of times in your life when you saw somebody that was passionate about something and you were drawn to them. Just the, the, the joy on their face as they spoke about something. And you're just like, man, I want to be a part of that. Prayer should be like that, right? When you hear people praying and just crying out to God, and it's contagious. The excitement that we should have to pray when we see each other being excited about what God is doing. And we don't do this often, but I just felt like I wanted to thank you as a congregation for those that, uh, that come forward, that seek God in their personal time and, and seek God and come forward. That's so amazing. It always is in, it's always encouraging to hear God speaking when you come forward. So I encourage you, do not stop. Keep going. Do not be shy. Come forward. Speak what God is sharing. We want to hear. Because we talk about this, it, it comes out of an overflow and I love seeing that Sunday mornings, hearing about people throughout the week 
praying for those that they encounter. And, and it overflows on a Sunday. It's amazing. So again, corporate prayer brings heaven to earth. Corporate prayer brings unity. Corporate prayer enlarges our vision. Four, corporate prayer allows for healing and confession. Five, passion and corporate prayer is contagious. And let me end just with a couple last points here. The get practical action steps. We need you to be prayer warriors. Oceanside Church needs you to be prayer warriors. We all have a part to play in this plan that God has for our city, our church, and our nation. And hey, guess what? Going back to the Old Testament, we just read this recently when Israel was fighting a battle and Moses was raising his arms. His arms began to tire. But what happened is Joshua and Hur raised his arms and the Israelites continued to win the battle. Do you know what? I need your prayers as a leader. I need you to come alongside. The leaders need you to come alongside them and at times hold up our arms in prayer. You need me to pray for you. Your family needs you to pray. Your neighbor, your city, our nation, our world, all of these things need prayer. And so I encourage you with that this morning. If you um, are new and you haven't seen one of these little books, it's got our vision and our values. Uh, it tells you what we believe and why and um, what our values are. And Katie mentioned this last week. And it says here, with regards to prayer, we acknowledge the total need for God and His Spirit in every area of our lives. Therefore, prayer and spiritual uh, warfare precedes everything we do. And Katie spoke about uh, individual prayer, and Nathan has just spoken about corporate prayer. But I want to remind us, too, just a general reminder, that prayer is not an event, it's a lifestyle. It's something that we can do. Prayer is simply um, talking to God. And there's two sides of prayer. It's communication and communion, fellowship with God. And that's what God wants, is simply... A restoration, uh, a, a, a relationship with us. And uh, in Haiti, one of the guys speaking really touched my heart. He's talking on the presence of God in prayer. And uh, one of the guys from the States that were with us. And he says, it's not only about presenting our request to God. Philippians 4, 6, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything present your request to God. And then allow the peace of God uh, to come and transcend uh, those circumstances and we come into the peace of God, the presence of God, the shalom of God. But so often, as a father and as a grandfather, uh, proud father and grandfather, you know, it's uh, often 
our children would come or I would come to my dad and just say, Dad, I need this, I need that, I need this. Thank you very much. Cheers, I'll see you later. And often our prayers can be like that because it's a two-way relationship. For that peace to come, the shalom of God to come upon us, we cannot just present our request and run out the door in the morning with a whole list or in the car and expect that will come. It's a relationship. And, and so I want to encourage us on a daily basis just to take time. Fortunately, I'm an early riser and I love that time in the morning where I can just come and present these requests to God. But as I do that, often we do that. And we, if we shoot out the door, there's no peace. You need to allow God to respond on a daily basis. And we talk of an overflow. It's not a, 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 a prayer meeting once a week and we're going to be starting one. If you could put that, um, that um, sh- uh, uh, slide up there with the prayer time. We're starting uh, corporate prayer again uh, on Tuesday nights um, starting February 25th. But what I'm believing, what is going to draw people into this place is the presence of God. It's as we dig a spiritual well and the living water begins to flow. That is what is going to draw people in. And it's clearly in this place and God is drawing people. But God wants us to go deeper still, so both individually and corporately. And uh, over the last while, I've just, just this one thought, this last thought that I had. I've been, um, in the last three months, I've been, I was in Africa for six weeks, came back for three weeks or so, and have just come back from Haiti. Um, and, um, you know, those nations, it's, um, when you go, go, when I go back to South Africa, I'm from there, did some ministry, and we had some other things going. You see, there's tremendous problems there. There's tremendous problems in Haiti. There's tremendous issues in in Canada and now we see these viruses that are starting to to pop up and it's not a time to be fearful it's a time to pray and I spoke a few uh, a series on this before but I just want to read the scripture and it's 2 Chronicle 7 from uh, verse 13 Solomon has just dedicated the temple if you go and read 2, Trumbles, uh, uh, Pro, um, two Chronicles 6, the, the Spirit of God comes home, down in such power as they were worshipping in unity and praying to God and celebrating that the, the priests, and we are the priesthood of all believers, fell down on their face before God. You know, when God comes, you don't fall backwards, you fall forward when He's really there. But you know what actually happened? As people were walking the streets, they begin to kneel in the streets and begin to worship God. And that river, for me, of the, the God bringing them in, it's going to be because they are thirsty for more of God, not thirsty for more meetings and things like that. And that comes from us. You see, we've all got a little well, and as many streams, as those begin to flow, they become one river. And that's what um, we we praying for and expecting but God says this after this has this powerful move of God's spirit in 2 Chronicles 6 it it shifts and in 2 Chronicles um, 7 God says to um, Solomon 
when I shut up the heavens and there is no rain and command locusts to devour the land and send a plague amongst my people. Those are powerful, radically serious things that God does release sometimes. But he says this, if my people, who are his people, us, who are called by my name, will simply do these four things, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. What an amazing promise that God has. I long to see revival in the nations. You know, when Jesus Christ comes back, there's got to be a mighty, mighty revival in the nations. And so as we do this, I want to encourage you on a daily basis. It's a conversation with God. That's what prayer is. But it's not a one-way conversation. It's a time to spend in His presence. And sometimes you, you know, I come back from a trip like this and all of that, and I'm just sitting in my chair, and I'm just saying nothing. Just allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to rain down, to rain down. It's like I have this picture. If you've ever been in poor countries, uh, and the dusty roads, you'll see that in Haiti and so on. And everything is full of dust. And that's how we get. We get like that daily. But then the rain comes. And it just falls over the, the land and over the people and over the vehicles. And it goes on. And an hour later, everything is washed clean. And you see, prayer is for us. God wants a relationship, but at the end of the day, He doesn't need our prayer. But He has chosen to partner with us and work through us. And God will do nothing in a nation and nothing in our lives and nothing in our family, I believe, of significance without prayer. So if we could just, if you could just bow your heads for a moment, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit just to rain down for a moment. I believe there are many people facing many issues as Deborah and I have and um, continue to do so. There are people that need healing. There are families that need restoration. People dealing with addictions uh, of all kinds and too afraid to speak to somebody because they might betray their confidence and all of that trapped in a sense and I just want to end this as we come Jesus says come all who are weary and heavy laden take my yoke upon you give me your burdens for my yoke is easy and my burden is lightened. I just have a sense of the smile of God upon us. God knows every 
hurt every situation. But like any dad, he wants us to talk to him about it. And he wants to talk back to us. So if you could just open your hands for a moment. Just close your eyes and have this picture of your amazing Father in heaven. And open your hand with those things that that are burdening you right now. And me and everybody else. I want you to picture yourself taking that burden and putting it on your father's lap. Giving it to me. Giving it to him, should I say. It's an amazing translation of Jehovah Jireh, which means God will provide. And God told that Abraham when he was going to sacrifice his son and his, and, his, and his son said dad I see the fire but I don't see the sacrifice and he says don't worry my son God will provide Jehovah Jireh and another translation that I saw which is so much better for me says don't worry my son I will see to it God will see to it so Holy Spirit, I ask you to begin to come. If we can just sing some Christocentric soft worship, this just and just rest for a moment in the presence of God before you leave.